So Psalm 127 speaks about building in the Lord. Uh, there's a verse on the screen there. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. I want to think today about how the Lord is building in the church, in the city, and in our homes. Um, and uh, I have to tell you that at the last service, I didn't manage to talk about all three points um, because I'd only given myself 14 minutes. So I only managed to talk about the church, and that took me 14 minutes. Um, so if I multiply that by three, this is going to be a 45-minute sermon. Um, so is that okay? <laughs> Great. Um, I used to preach that long. Um, but uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by um, I'm going to start by talking about the obvious, um, which you will have heard before if you've ever heard a sermon on Psalm 127, um, and think about our houses. You know, this is a passage that's often read um, at weddings. Um, bit of background to the Psalm Solomon. Um, you know Solomon, don't you? Oh, I've heard of him. Uh, he was in the Bible. Um, he he spouts a lot of wisdom, and then he doesn't live it out. Uh, so if you think, um, you know, is there any hope for me in the Bible, because I say lots of wise things, I'm not very good at following through, Solomon's your man. He, he's, he has these really wide sayings, and then he doesn't, he doesn't follow them through. Um, so I think God gives that to us as a gift, in that we might actually follow some of the wisdom here, um, and not make the same mistakes. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Because the thing is, Solomon was a wise a man. And the problem is with people who think they're wise or know they're wise, either way is dangerous, um, because then they can rely on their own wisdom. I'm reminded of, as you may be, of Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will guide your path. The same kind of theme is coming up here. It's easy for us to rest on our earthly human wisdom. And I think it presents a big challenge. Uh, I find it's a big challenge because um, God gives us our brains. And so um, we, we end up in this place of going, well, shall we do what the first song today said, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Do we sit and wait for God to speak to us? Or is it, is it the other way around? Do we go doing stuff and uh, use the abilities God's given us? Um, and of course, you know where I'm going with this. I'm going to say it's both. It's both and. Three years of theology and everything comes down to both and. Um, that was basically all I learned in my degree. Everything is both and. And so we both need to somehow wait on the Lord, rest in the Lord, rely on the Lord, and also we need to use the skills and abilities that God has given us um, as he created us. So if we think about Psalm 127 in the context of building a house, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand and watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves, it says. Um, I don't know if you know anybody who does this, who rises early and stays up late. Um, probably you don't. 
Because some of us uh, are night owls, and we can stay up half the night. The people who are the last ones left at a party, the, the party's finished and we'll stay to help cleaning up um, because we don't want to go to bed because it, we want to stay up. And then there's the other people who go to bed at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock and are up at 5 or 6 or 4 in the morning. Um, should we do a survey? Who's up at early times in the morning? Just raise a hand. And who's up late at night? About half and half. And anyone, both? Some people, okay, you need some more sleep. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the point that um, he's making here is that if, if, you're, uh, if you're running a household, actually, there comes a point where you can't both get up early to try and get things done in your own strength and go to bed um, late because you're trying to get things done in your own strength. So, so this is about saying, you know, if you're, if you're working all the hours there is, there will come a point uh, where you're not going to be able to work anymore, where it's too much. Because we need to sleep and we need to rest. So how do we build our house? Well, Solomon here is reminding us that we have to build our house in the Lord and on the Lord. Um, I picture the, um, the New Testament passages about uh, building your house on the rock. And, you know, if you go to the beach and you make a sandcastle, there will come a time when the tide washes in and will wash the sandcastle away. Unless you're at a lake, in which case it will probably be a tractor coming in, plowing some new sand in because there isn't any, and that will take it away. But either way, houses built on sand don't tend to survive. We need to build on the rock, who is Jesus. And so there is this reminder um, of building in the Lord and on the Lord. What is our foundation? Um, and we have to do both and we have to both uh, be working to build our houses on the Lord and also, and also, we have to use our own abilities and skills that God has given us. What does it look like for our city? Um, when we look at the city, we can see uh, so often um, there is uh, the cities we live in, they're not built on the Lord. They're built on committees, aren't they? They're built on politics. They're built on uh, councillors and staff. They're built on, um, on developers um, uh, building more and more stuff, and no one wants to stop them because that's the only way we can gain prosperity is if we build on every inch of land that there is. And so we live in a city where we'll see more and more land being built on. And the poem that sits by the very strange-looking horse by City Hall is a reminder um, that this is not a new thing for the city of Maple Ridge, uh, that development of these fertile agricultural lands continues. And we're going to build more and more houses, another 40,000 houses in the next 20, 25 years. It is just a matter of time. What would it look like if our city was built on the Lord. I'm always struck by uh, the um, by human intervention. 
um, by human intervention as we try and do what nature uh, through creation could do. We struggle. It, it takes us a lot of work to try and do things that nature could do. Practically, what can we do? I think we can pray for those Christians who are in politics and in government and working for the city in different ways, uh, both our city locally and kind of nationally. Um, there's not a lot of Christians in politics. And whether you agree with their politics or not, I think it is important that we pray for those who uh, declare that they love Jesus and are willing to step up and serve. Because if we had more Christians in politics, um, uh, more Christians in council, more Christian mayors, uh, then we can only hope and pray that the influence of their faith will creep in in positive ways into um, making our cities uh, better places to live in. So that then is something about, and each of these could be a long sermon, like I said, I'm not going to go on for 45 minutes, uh, but that's something about building our house in the Lord, something about how can we encourage that our cities be built in the Lord. And I want to think about how we build our church in the Lord, which might sound really obvious, but I think we fall victim to the same, um, the same trap when it comes to building our churches. Uh, I, I love um, diagrams. Um, you've seen this diagram before. Um, it's in our annual report. Um, it was pinned to the wall. It's got the holes to prove it in the corner. Um, we've got them around the place because I think when there's a diagram, for me anyway, I, I, can, I, I like to be able to put something on a page and, and get my head around it. And if it's not in a diagram, ideally with some colors and pictures, I, I can't. It just doesn't go in. So I, I like making these kinds of diagrams um, to try and understand what we're doing. I like to see that things can fit together. Um, but this is uh, both a strength and a weakness that I think I have. Because um, in my quest to try and make sure that I understand everything in, on paper, there is a risk that I put God in a box, that I stop God from, from doing what God wants to do. Uh, you may have heard this story before, and if you have, you can tell me if I told it better last time or this time. But I hadn't been in Maple Ridge very long and I was out running, um, and I'd moved, as you may know, from about 5,000 miles away, and I was uh, praying as I run. Uh, some of us pray and run, some of us pray and walk. Um, it's, uh, it's a great way to, uh, to get prayer in if you're not someone that likes to sit still. I don't like to sit still. I don't like to stand still. And so I'm running and, and praying and saying to God, you know, what is it that I need to do as the new rector here at St. George's? What do I need to do? Uh, help me know what I need to do. Uh, and you may notice the three eyes. What do I need to do? And I think if we're honest, and if it's just me, then I'll hold my hands up. But I think most of us, we can step into situations, even when we feel God has called us to them, and say, God, what do I need to do? Um, anyone else with me on that, or is it just me? One other person, thank you, thank you. Two, thank you. If I'm honest, I say, what, what do I need to do, Lord? So I was running and I was praying that prayer. And the Lord convicted me and reminded me all at once um, as my eyes were drawn to the left-hand side of where I was running. I was running along Abernathy Way up there. I was going this way. I think I was running home. I was doing a half marathon or something that day. And 
and I saw the mountains. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And it was in that word of scripture, in that verse, that I felt God put me in my place. And didn't say, you know, I was completely wrong, but just reminded me um, that it was him. He was the one that would build the church. He is the one that would build the church. It's not that um, the church of God has a mission and we have to go and find out what to do. It's that the God of mission has a church. And I recognize as I say that quotation uh, here, uh, some people get confused and say, why are you talking about mission when we live in Maple Ridge? Um, that, that's normally the feedback I get when it's like the prayer I, uh, that we used for St. George's for some time that started with the line, God of mission, and people genuinely said to me, why are we praying to God of mission when we're in Maple Ridge? Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, we see these mountains occasionally when it's not cloudy, and it is that reminder Lift your eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord. And you know, it's the hardest thing in the world. I think it's the, for me, it's the hardest thing in the world to, to get the balance between drawing nice diagrams where everything looks tidy on paper and sitting and waiting on the Lord. Uh, we have, if you want to know the top secret, if you're not involved in the team, we have a diagram here that says where we're going to stand and who's doing what and when we're doing it, and this is a, this is a new thing to try and help us uh, run everything quite smoothly. And as you put these kind of things together with timings to work out how long everything's going to be, I have this nagging in my mind from the Holy Spirit saying, but what about, what about if something different is to happen? And the reality is uh, that so often we do digress away from the exact plan. But if we don't have any plan, then what will happen? It will be chaos. So somehow we have to get the balance between waiting on the Lord and having a plan that's carefully thought through. It's the same argument that people have when it comes to, to liturgy. And some people in some churches will say that if a prayer has been written down, it's not filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and actually, uh, I would say we, we know um, that the prayers that are written down, that we use time and again, um, have the Spirit breathe life into them each time we use them. And that the, the people or committee or person who sat there and put that together was inspired by and we would hope filled with uh, the Spirit at the point they did it. And so we have this balance between our own skills and wisdom and ability and building in the Lord. Um, diagrams can help us. They can help bring us back. Six things we said we valued as we put together our vision and values. Firstly, the Bible is God's word, the inspired word of God. We preach from the Bible each week. I stand here holding a Bible so that I've got it ready to refer to. Uh, the Bible is, um, is the most important thing for us as we worship, because this is God's word. Um, 
One of the Archbishops of Canterbury, I, I confess, I forget if it was Justin Welby or Rowan Williams, but one of them said, if you want to hear God speak, open the Bible and read it out loud. The Bible is God's living word, and it comes to us anew. Every time we hear something, we can hear the same reading again and again, and yet each time we listen, uh, we can hear something different. So for us as a church to build in the Lord, we need the Bible. We need prayer. And we were saying for a long time, we need more prayer in the church. Um, and, uh, you know, we need more prayer, we need more prayer. Um, and what we did once we said, okay, we'll make prayers one, is one of our core values. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever had to set goals. I know at school the children often have to set goals, and I had to set goals when I was at school. And the best kind of goals are goals that are specific and measurable, aren't they? Again, this is probably me getting into detail again, but specific measurable goals, you know. Um, don't just say, hey, I want to read the Bible. That's a great goal. Um, set yourself a way that you can do it. How are you going to do it? Well, I'm going to read, I'm going to start with Mark's gospel, and I'm going to read a chapter a day, and I'm going to have a sheet, and I'm going to write down when I've done it. Okay, now I've broken it down into bite-sized chunks that I can do. So somehow we have to kind of have specific measurable things that we can do in order to help keep our focus um, as a church or as a household or as a city building in the Lord. And so some people said, why don't we do morning prayer? Anglicans have said morning prayer for years. It's not a new thing, but most Anglican churches around here don't say morning prayer. Um, we are, I believe, at the moment, the only church that has a live in-person morning prayer service every day um, in the diocese. Uh, St. James's in Vancouver is the other one, but I think they're on Zoom. Um, so it's, um, it's not a common thing. Uh, but if prayer, if we really want to be a church that is built on prayer, um, then we need to make sure that prayer is integral to what we do. So every day, 9 o'clock, church is open for prayer. Um, and if you can't get here for 9 o'clock, um, then you can watch it on YouTube or the website every day. Um, an example of putting into practice a way that we can build in the Lord. We don't just say, hey, yeah, let's just do more prayer. It'd be really good to do more praying. Uh, we actually put it in the diary. And different people come on different days. There's not an expectation that anyone comes every day of the week, uh, although it's available if you want it. We value discipleship. We put that into practice with our life groups. We put that into practice by coming here to worship so we can have fellowship with each other outside in the fresh air after the service. We put this into practice as we call a member of the church we haven't seen for a while and say, how are you? Or text them if you don't like talking to people. Some of us don't like talking to people anymore, so we just text. That's fine too. Text somebody. Say, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you doing? Discipleship fellowship comes from community. We value worship. That's why we're here Sunday by Sunday and why those of us uh, watching online are here. Um, we have people uh, isolating or monitoring for symptoms or having colds or whatever it is at the moment, and, and, and we're able to stay connected um, through our online services, which is wonderful. It is not the same as being in person, but I think that the hope and the vision is that whilst being in person is the primary way we want to worship, we offer the online as an alternative. So if someone can't get here, they can watch it online. And then next week when they come, they'll, they won't feel that they've missed church uh, in quite the same way for a couple of weeks because they were able to connect. We value the Holy Spirit living and at work today. 
sometimes in the church, the Holy Spirit is not valued, uh, meaning we don't, wanna, we don't expect that God's going to do anything. When we say we value the Holy Spirit living and at work today, we expect that the Holy Spirit will show up. I fully expect um, that having planned and prepared and rehearsed and practiced um, the set of music that we're going to sing, that it will never be done in exactly the same way that we planned. Is that fair, musicians? Um, there'll be a change of some kind. It could just be that people aren't in, you know, people are done, they don't want to sing anymore, and, and we want to stop singing and move on. Or it could be that a chorus takes off and we carry on with it. We expect the Holy Spirit uh, in our worship and in our lives. And we value evangelism. Evangelism is one of those churchy words, but it just means telling people the good news about Jesus. Because the reason we have empty seats at the moment in the church is because we have space for others to come who you're going to tell this week the good news of Jesus. And you're not going to do it by standing, I hope, on a, on a box with a megaphone outside the mall. I mean, no one's in the mall, so that would be quite fruitless anyway. Um, but uh, um, nonetheless, that's not how we share the good news. We share the good news by being the gospel to people, by living it out, by them seeing uh, our lives full of faith. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And each of those six values I've talked about are about helping us to stay on track, to stay rooted in our faith in Jesus Christ, to stay open to the Holy Spirit, to stay in step with the Spirit. Because as we do that, uh, then we are building our church community on the Lord. It's very easy to uh, end up uh, relying so much on our own strength that we don't have time to rely on the Lord. It is also possible to spend so much time relying on the Lord that we do nothing and turn into a heap of jello on the floor. So I'm going to pray for us as I, as I conclude uh, that we, in our homes, in the ways we can influence our city and the political sphere, and particularly in our church, can be a community of people who build in the Lord, who trust in him. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that you call us to this place. We thank you that you love and care for each one of us. We thank you that God has given us gifts that might be used for his glory. So help us as we go into this week, Lord, to think about what it means to build our homes, our city, and our church on the Lord, on the solid foundation. Help us to get that balance right between waiting on the Lord and using the gifts and skills and abilities that he's given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.